listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 925 Entertainment System. Uh, after a quick COVID episode, this is going to be the episode that we talk about the San Diego Comic Con, which happened in our own houses. We basically just talk about the Comic Con for the whole episode. Because it was our first ever San Diego Comic-Con, because it happened that we didn't have to go anywhere. Um, A reminder, as always, there is a Garbage Time episode waiting for you if you are a patron of 9to5.patreon? A patron? A patron of 9to5.cc if you go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe at any of the levels, $3 or above. You can listen to bonus episodes that we like to call Garbage Time, and we have one of those once again this week, like we always do. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. We love you. Hey, Scott. Hey, Keith. His name is Scott. And he works in the hospital. Hey, how's that good day, John? Are you on vacation yet, Scott? Uh, no, I'm on the vacation the week of the tenth. Ah, uh, no, two weeks ago. But so, I was at home today. Why were you what home happened? today? Hmm. One of the managers at the daycare system that Archer's in day camp with uh, got sick and had been working with all of the counselors. So had they all had to go get tested for exposure. Cool. So they closed down two day camps today. Hooray! I mean, better safe than sorry. Yes, but wait till it happens in schools in the fall. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's so... The the school thing is so weird. I go, I was really, what I was, is like, weird? Well, just the fact that they're like, like, well, we can't pause school, and I'm like, okay, but like, hang on. If we wanted to, we could, though. Like... If we just say, okay, so one one year, everybody's going to graduate at 19, and everybody skips a year. Like, if the whole thing's on hold, does it really matter? Like, mm. I feel you know like there I'm... are costs associated with all of this that you're not calculating. Like, I mean, like a full year of lives? salary? <laughs> like a full like, year of salary for every human being that's currently in the school system? Yeah, but the government is bailing those people out. Yeah, but that means us, and I think we're all we're, we're out of money. Haven't people been talking about how the the, the liberals are like throwing oh, us into debt for decades and decades now to cover all this? Yeah, the deficit's going to be bigger than it ever was. But I was like, I was reading a thing that they're that's just like it's all going to be offsetting, like because every government is going into crazy deficit with all of this bailout, right? right. So it's not like right. it's not like Canada screwed up the the pandemic so their deficit went up when no one else's did there's just degrees of how well you handle it but every single solitary company was like at company ha a slip corporate companies known as countries same difference uh, exactly yeah every country is like running into the red with all of the relief like so it should all offset i mean who knows what i guess the long-term downside will be in america where it's insanity but Apparently, that's kind of the the financiers' takeaway is that it'll all offset because everybody will be in the red. So I do believe that I read that today marked 15 days from the point America had three million infected people, and now they have four million. So it was 15 days to go from three to four. It's so crazy. 
Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, we talk about this about every podcast, but like, and, and every podcast, you're just sort of like, maybe they'll get it in under wraps. And then like, we only record these every two weeks and every two weeks we're like, oh no, America's even worse. <laughs> like, I just don't, don't. Yeah. It blows my mind. Uh, Trevor Noah did a, uh, did a bit last week where they were, they were literally doing like a side by side splice of like, um, what went wrong in the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And same thing. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, exactly. And and, and it's, it's it's literally like side by side where you're just sort of like like San Francisco. Like one of the main catalysts of the second wave was like San Francisco had it. Like we'll all take our masks off together at a parade. What? <laughs> and you're like what? Mm. You're like 1919 was crazy. Uh-huh. Oh man. <clears throat> on that note, it's the really playoffs are coming back. On on that note, it's really resting with my head. So I tried to show Archer some classic wrestling. This weekend, mm-hmm. so I downloaded WrestleMania three. Okay, the Pontiac Silverdome. You uncomfortable? It did. Vince, <laughs> big crowd shots. You're like, oh no. Vince McMahon got up what there and he's like, doing? "Welcome to the Pontiac Silverdome. The attendance is ninety three thousand people." And I was like, "No, go home. <laughs> that is too many people." <laughs> just, just visually, it was uh, unpleasant to 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 witness. <laughs> A jarring number yep. of people. Yeah, I don't know if you were, like, so the, like, you listen to Puck Soup, right, Scott? Yep. Yeah, so Puck Soup is like a hockey uh, pop culture podcast that we talk about occasionally on this podcast. Did you hear Ryan, uh, like, Lambert's thing a couple weeks ago about, like, the resume to play? They were like, everybody, like, they're hockey fans. So they're like, they're all, we're all excited about hockey coming back. Like, there's, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be like a day away from the weird play-in round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, like, it's mm-hmm. it's happening. Like, it's on. And but, it, but it's nobody in the stands. And... Nope, nobody in the stands, and people are, like, uh, there's, like, some kind of a bubble around the teams and, and whatever else. Like, they're... Apparently, the, the, the word on the street is if everybody follows the guidelines, it should be fine. Like, they have, like, top health officials be, like, if you create a, like, little ecosystem of these, like, uh, and it's also like beneficial because they're not running a season, right? It's playoffs. Like teams get eliminated each time, so it gets like smaller and smaller groups of people, so it's easier and easier to control. That said, there's still a chance someone gets it, and then you're like, "What is that team just out of the playoffs now?" <laughs> you know, like like it's not unreasonable that they no, have to no, be. That makes sense, yeah. But it's gonna be it's gonna be super weird. But then they were talking about the fact that they were like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of like common knowledge." that there was no well, common hockey knowledge, I guess there was no Stanley cup uh, awarded in 1919 because of the Spanish flu. And they were like, but do you know that they tried to have a Stanley cup playoffs <laughs> kind of along the same thing? And do you know that a player died of the Spanish flu while they were trying to have the Stanley cup playoffs before they canceled it? Wow. They're yeah. like, Oh no. <laughs> You're like, do we really want to like, man, everybody wants to watch some sports. And we're like, we're like, collectively clamoring for a kind of dangerous situation. I wonder if there's a Grandpa Joe working at the NHL who actually was around to talk to somebody who experienced that and was like at a meeting, wait a minute, guys, I actually heard about this. This literally already happened. We tried to do a return to play a little too soon, and then we killed one of our players. Yeah, and and that's what I mean, like they and and one of the other guys on the show um, was talking about the fact that he was like, He's like, I like to imagine that we're like a little more advanced with our testing and stuff nowadays. So he's like, I- I'd like to imagine that we maybe have ruled out someone dying of COVID, but not necessarily someone catching it. And if there's like the long-term respiratory 
uh, like complications that a lot of people are reporting. They're like, are you just going to just wreck these guys' careers if a t- an entire team gets it and a couple guys get it pretty bad? And you're like, oh, now you've lost some of your lung capacity and you're a professional athlete. Dependent I'm- on your lung capacity. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You're just sort of like expected to skate balls out for like at maximum speed at the highest possible level of competition. Absolutely, it could be career ending. Here's and you're like here's so that we can give people a shiny cup. (laughs) Here's the fun virus thing I I heard. Like this could be a virus that stays in your system and recurs. Like herpes, you could have flare ups years later that just come back. And since it's so contagious, you could have flare-ups of contagiousness years later. Nobody knows. If, like, if that happens, we're going to have two societies. You're going to have to have cities where... My God, well, I mean, one of that's crazy. Right? <laughs> Isn't that a fun thought experiment just to, like, dive into? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think a vaccine kind of would uh, would help that. Yeah, like the herpes vaccine or the HIV vaccine. Oh, yeah. wait, we don't have those. True, but the but H1N1... Hold on, hold on. Yeah, like, it's a coronavirus, right? So it's more likely to be in the, in the realm of vaccinable than... Um, a transmittable yeah. uh, autoimmune disorder? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's just so weird. Anyway, how about nerdy shit? How about nerdy shit? It's con season, you guys. Uh-huh. It's con season. So when this episode comes out, we will. Uh, it is about to start Gen Con. Do you know that it's Gen Con this weekend? The weekend coming up? I did and not. It's Gen Con. But I attended Comic Con last weekend. Yeah, that's it. But it was a San Diego Comic Con. Uh, decided to turn all of their panels virtual. They all, they had a bunch of also weird crap that i didn't pay too much attention to like they did a weird showroom floor thing huh, really <laughs> which was like a map a map of the showroom floor and you could like click on the vendors and if they if they took the time to uh make like a fancy link to something or whatever you could do it i may listen up lego i made myself as a lego man and then like answered a bunch of questions and i was promised a lego adventure would be sent to my inbox and it has not as of yet <laughs> so i was like damn it because i was like dreams it is. I was like the one, the one company that I don't necessarily like. I would probably unsubscribe, but that I don't necessarily mind being on a mailing list for is Lego. <laughs> Did I'm, you see? I'm, I'm pretty down with getting a cool Lego creation in my mailbox every day. Yeah, that, just that would actually not bother me. They did announce, uh, I believe, as part of their Comic Con. Uh, if you look up the video, it's pretty amazing. Um, it's it's amazing and ridiculous. Uh, they, an NES Lego set. That does not huh. play real games, but looks just like an NES set with even like Lego cartridges that you put in. But then it also includes like a TV with like a scrolling panel that is also Lego. And then so you can move like a, a side scrolling Lego man up and down on the television. Okay, okay, like okay. But the thing is sized perfectly for a Raspberry Pi to go in there. Exactly. And I bet somebody's going to set that thing right up. Everyone is immediately saying that, that you're like, you'll have your Lego NES with a Raspberry Pi inside. Or potentially, if you were like, I feel if you had Max Druthers, it wouldn't even be a Raspberry Pi and it would play real carts. Mm-hmm. Like, like gutted an old NES and, and dropped it in. I think that would be even more fun. I actually <laughs> like, have an old NES up at the cottage. I wonder uh, that would be worth it. If it still goes. 
Uh, so yeah, so the Lego thing was pretty fun. I didn't. Uh, I think they did the uh, the big masquerade ball for all the cosplayers and all that stuff. I think that was probably on uh, on social media and whatnot. I, I saw a great uh, Comic Con cosplay video that was just cosplayers in quarantine as mm-hmm. their characters in quarantine. It's good times. So like people dressed as superheroes sitting on their couch, looking incredibly bored, not not able to go outside. <laughs> It just makes me, it makes all that makes me think of is that um, the the Thor the Thor video where he's like not invited to the Civil War. Yep. Where he's just sort of like uh, you know like Tony could uh, does Tony Tony want me to uh, to fight from? No, I think Tony's oh, yeah. okay. Like Steve, what about Steve? Does Steve does Steve need a little bit of like the Thunder God on his side? They're like, no, nah, Steve's cool too. And he's like, oh okay then. Yep. <laughs> then he just hangs out with what his 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 roommate there, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin or whatever, or it's just like Thor and Kevin. He's like, they're having a bit of a civil war over in America, so I guess I'm just going to hang out here in Australia. Thor, you left the hammer on the toilet seat again. You know I can't lift this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. So they, had, they even had a, had a thing that I, once again, did not do. Uh, but I thought it was still cute, that they had all... Um, they had, like, all of the, uh, I guess, like, the printable assets normally for the comic-con like you could print your own badge you could print your own like check-in station they also they had so people could make videos and stuff they they had all of the hall like they're like the panel is beginning in hall h and whatever else like that like the the voice the loudspeaker announcements and stuff so people could like clip together little uh little videos and stuff i thought it was fun i think it was a a good idea presumably they paid for all those assets at some point you know Mm -hmm. Like that. Well, I think that was it. That, and my understanding is that's kind of what happened with the show floor thing. Is that I don't think they like charged anybody for a table, obviously. But people who had already registered and stuff, they were like, "This is literally no effort on our part. It's a link. If you have a thing that you want to link to, like you're just kind of buying, I guess, goodwill for next year that people are gonna gonna get these tables on." It was. Uh, it was. It was an incredible exercise in goodwill. Like that's what it was. Like they were just like we could just say it's canceled but yeah well the thing is so sarah and i were talking about this where she was like uh like why do cons cost money in the first place <laughs> like for the fans like there there is a the like it's like they're okay so wait a second so you pay money you're to go to the show like to get advertised at to be advertised at. Like, every panel is essentially well not every not every panel the big panels are advertising like there are some panels that are just kind of like really more like discussion based and like movie making things that aren't necessarily directly hooked, tinged to a particular product. There was, or there was whatever. lots and lots of those. Not, yeah, not, and that there one, always is, right? Like, cultural I mean, panels and yeah. representational panels and like just weird fan based panels. Like I watched yeah. the 15th anniversary panel for Constantine the movie. Like, there's I, I wanted to see that actually. Was it any good? It was fine. It was mostly like was Keanu there? Keanu was yeah. there. It was it was the Keanu was just like, it was the great. producer, the director, and, and Keanu. And I loved everybody. Keanu was so gracious. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, there's no money to be made there. They were just talking about this movie. And people were that... like possible Constantine sequel, and they're like, no. The only information was that there maybe was one, and it was axed. Like they didn't. Even... <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was like remember 15 years ago there was like an okay movie adaptation of like. An okay comic. 
Yep. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I do think that that film is kind of notable because it was at a period when comic adaptations were not doing super, super hot. And I That's think not you, true. That's not true. It's post-X-Men, post-Spider-Man. Uh, post was like, it? Yep. Man, I guess I'm misremembering. It was, in, it was in that first wave of okay comic movies. People before, still like, refer <laughs> back to the, the performance of What's-His-Face as Satan in that movie as one of the better film adaptations of him. Gabriel, by, there's like so many good characters in that movie. Yeah. It's strange Tilda, that it... Tilda Swinton should be playing Archangels all the time. Totally, totally. That, like, that should Kevin be Rosdale. He was fine in that movie. I know. I'm. I. I. I didn't. I did not say bad. I said it was a movie that was fine about a comic that is fine. Yeah. Like, like it's. It's like it's. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad comic. I think both things are fine. Like they definitely have their fan base, but it is a weird thing. Like Scott said, to 15 years later, be like, remember Constantine? Yeah. Right, and it, it came out like a couple weeks away from the first Christopher Nolan Batman movie. <laughs> just, just was dead in the water, right? Yeah, yeah it just got completely. Hang on, let's see how it did. We're 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 here slagging the the Constantine film. Nobody's slagging it, man. I think. All oh yeah, but we're saying we're saying that it was dead in the water. Now, to be fair, I don't think that it came together particularly well, right? Like there was all there's all kinds of elements of it that are really exceptionally good, but as a, as a complete unit, you know. It had a budget of seventy-five to hundred million and pulled in two hundred and thirty million. That's uh, like for a movie about like John Constantine. <laughs> that's like that's the worldwide box and office. February right? release too, which is like usually a complete and total dead zone for films. Like, well, it's not January. Yeah, but that two thirty is the worldwide box office, right? Like, what was the U.S. take? Uh, John Constantine, box office mojo. Wikipedia, come on here. Like, you know what happened? I clicked the box office mojo link on Wikipedia, and it took me to the Wikipedia page of box office mojo. And I'm like, that's definitely what That is 100% what I wanted. Internet is fun. Uh, Constantine, 2005. da 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 Domestic, it did seventy-five million. Right, so and it had to go. It had to go out of out of the states to to make profit. Yeah, but I mean, so did Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad movie. <laughs> I think John Constant Constantine might have been the first movie that I saw in on my home theater with five point one surround sound in a home theater. Like, and I remember being like, they're behind, the sound is behind you. <laughs> and being very impressed with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that panel was bonkers. There was a lot of, there was something that I was like, I watched, I watched one of them and it was really, really enjoyable, but there was a bunch of like geek ed panels, uh, geek which ed, ed Explain. Uh, were pretty interesting because it was like real, like people with, PhDs and stuff talking about geeky shit. And I was like, I would subscribe to this podcast, but it doesn't appear to be a podcast. So, <laughs> like, I was like, Let me just double back on Constantine. I was okay. wrong. It came out the exact same week as Batman Begins. Whoa. That hurts. So, so, so sorry. Yeah. The fact that it did anything, I mean, kind of like a brave little toaster situation for old John Constantine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the fact that Somehow it was not just like yeah, that it wasn't like completely like 
destroyed underfoot of Batman is, uh, I guess, a testimony to the fact that it was like a good film. Not great. I think it was just it was good. Yeah, <laughs> even calling it good, it's, it, it, it was all right. I would I would rather watch it than either of the Batman Begins sequels. Yeah, either of the Batman Begins yeah. sequels, Dark Knight or the Bane one. Why you don't like Dark I would, Knight? I would watch the Dark Knight I, over it. I, 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 I watched watch Dark Knight Batman Begins. <laughs> I watched no, I watched Dark Knight again not too too long ago, and the voice is is bad. The Batman voice is really bad. It's really yeah. hard. <laughs> Once you've seen it memed and made fun of, and then you you, you just can't turn it off when you're watching it. It's, oof. Yeah. So what happened there, man? Like collectively, people are starting to turn on those movies. We're not the only ones I hear, you know, like mentioning. If you go back, you really watch them. They're messy fucking movies. They're they really are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I like the first one still. I could watch that one again. But, it's rough, though, man. Ninjas. Yeah, well, I like you ninjas. Know, I mean, okay. It's, a, it's okay. I, like I said, I find the I find the first one messy. I find the second one is. I mean, the, maybe yeah, the voice is obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did we or was this talking to Ronan? Oh, it might have been that. <laughs> it might have been us talking to Ronan, which felt a lot like a podcast because it was like <laughs> it was an, an, an online chat, so, which is just what podcasts are now. I'm not Ronan, guys. Oh, aren't you? Um, but yeah, no. So these geek ed panels, uh, mm. there was like a whole little like series of them, and I like I googled it up to be like, is there a thing to like and subscribe? And there does not seem to be. So I was like, you could have been in advertising for things, but I guess this is just like a panel series for Comic Con that they're they're doing. So it's like you'd have the I guess you have like a bunch of people who are actually like holding positions at universities and stuff, and some of them have like doctorates and whatever else in philosophy, and they're just kind of like doing, uh, you know, like analysis on nerdy stuff. Like the one I watched was uh, talking about like masks and uh, tied into like HBO's Watchmen and whatever, because it was just like a lot, a lot is being said, obviously, about HBO's Watchmen currently in that it like both deals with like law, like law enforcement reform and like race issues. So mm-hmm. you're just sort of like, like it was on both of those topics as hot button topics like September of 2019 and then 2020 happened. Like everybody's like, let's maybe go in for another look on HBO's Watchmen going on there. Uh, and yeah, exactly. It was just a, it was a really like good panel where they talked about uh, just obviously starting off with like protesters wearing masks, but like in the show that the police wear masks. And now you're like with the uh, anti police sentiment and whatever else does a reality where, cops get secret identities because in the way HBO show that's what happens right is there's like it not not because of anti-police sentiment but because the entire police force gets like murdered in like one second uh, and then nobody wants to be a cop anymore so in the town of Tulsa the mayor is like well you can be a cop and we'll give you a secret identity so no one will know you're a cop so you won't Hmm. be a target you know so it's like it's really like weird like roundabout thing that happens and then obviously that causes a bunch of issues right. <laughs> like nat- naturally and so on and so forth but it was just like it was just really interesting to hear them like talking about talking about race talking about masks talking like all that stuff in the under the lens of 2020 and wasn't like even necessarily like trying to sell me on hbo's watchman or whatever it was just sort of like it was just the framework for some like social discussion Hmm. just talking about like a comic book show instead of it. Like they weren't like, go watch the show and it's available on whatever HBO max didn't even mention it. Like, 
So yeah, uh, cool. yeah, and they did a whole series of these things, and I was like, but you're not a thing. But uh, yeah, that's oh, a lot of the panels that I enjoy are kind of that sort of stuff. Scott, did you watch anything else? Uh, yeah, I watched the New Mutants panel because mm. apparently that movie's coming out. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, weren't we talking about that like six years ago? <laughs> when the Nineties podcast began, it's a horror movie, right? It's it's the superhero horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been in production for like four years, and it's coming out next month. It's been in production for four years. I think it's been in production hell for Quote four unquote, years. Like it, next it was year. finished like two years ago or whatever the heck it was. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think like casting started like four years ago, uh, and that's not even the script being passed around. Like. Hey, don't forget the same thing happened to Cabin in the Woods. It's true. It's true. There, there, that in development not, hell. Does not necessarily mean a terrible film is about oh, to come oh. out. And the trailer yeah. looks cool. It, it also like... got caught in the Disney Fox shuffle. Mm-hmm. So like that was a thing where it just it was made by Fox and then Disney bought all of them and they're just like, wait, wait, wait. What are you making? Like, Fuck. <laughs> Start over. Uh it looks cool. It, the the trailer looks cool. From Disney. Yeah, wow. and not over, the... but like had to had to reshoot and re-edit and rejigger a lot of the movie. Right. What I saw before the Disney purchase looked much darker, and the stuff I've seen since looks much more shiny, a little spandexy. Still pretty dark, though. It look, it's a dark movie, but I think they added in a bunch more superhero type stuff mm. to make them more comic book is it is it happening in the mcu it's happening in the x-verse okay so and one we don't care about extra for now yeah yeah (laughs) until they until they figure out how to tie it tie it into the whole they're they're not they're not going to tie it in really well Uh, no but i thought they said that they were going to or potentially they were just going to acknowledge it as a acknowledge it as a multiverse thing to yeah. allow them to pick and choose the actors if they if they want to bring them into the MCU. Right, because exactly. they're saying that now about uh, what's his face Daredevil is the latest who might get a chance to reprise the role because they said it about Punisher. We talked about this yeah. last episode, but now they're talking about what's his name Daredevil guy might yeah. also get a get to reprise Daredevil. The guy from the, the TV M- show might get to go in the movie. Well, or in, or in, in some sort of the TV shows. Disney property, right? Without right, right, right. acknowledging the. This is the really Netflix. just a way to get rid of Iron Fist. That's that's all it is. With <laughs> Netflix things. Oh yeah, Iron Fist. Because Luke Cage is fine, and everyone thinks Jessica Ritter is, is Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and they're talking and about and you, get bring, you, get, you get to bring back possibly like Kingpin and David Tennant, right? Who just, have like the two of the absolute best Marvel villains, in, like. <laughs> Yep. In MCU or otherwise, just like Vin, in, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is baller. And Ted like Purple Man is also like very, very good and yep. it's super creepy and all that stuff. Like if you if I were to think of like best Marvel villains, like on screen villains of the last twenty years or whatever, like to count all the MCU, like both of those characters would definitely be on it over a lot of whoever the bad guys were in the MCU films. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you start with Loki as the best and then Probably, Kingpin. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not much of a fall. Like yeah. after that's that, it, it kind of goes off a cliff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, what's his name? Uh, Kill Killmonger. Killmonger's good. Yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think of other like standout villains. Everyone's like, everyone at home is just like, no, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't good. <laughs> 
no, he was not good. You're in incorrect. fact, I, I feel like they kind of goofed his prime motivation. And despite the fact that they had 27 films to build him up, we had we knew dick fuck all about him until the movie started. You know, yeah. Like, like he, he basically he had not taller. been built up. He, he had he had the exact same on screen presence as Ronan the Accuser from right. Guardians One. Only he was bigger. <laughs> he was just exactly a big bad blue guy who wants to kill everybody. Right. Yep. Because of balance or whatever. Um, hang on, I have. So, yeah, a... the uh, the New Mutants uh, panel <laughs> was pretty cool. They they had all of the cast and the director, and then Bill Sienkiewicz showed up. Cool. Uh, just to be like, I've been involved and everyone's been amazing and I'm super excited and I love it. And I also was contracted to do one of the posters and look at this. And he did one of the movie posters and it's a Sienkiewicz masterpiece and I'm super stoked for it. The these, these comic book characters are like tip top of the list for me. Like I love the New Mutants run. It's like a hundred issues of some of my favorite comic books and some of my favorite comic book characters and for it, this movie to actually get a chance to see it. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And are they, are they just doing a theatrical release? As far as I know, uh, I think it's going to be pretty short lived on account of movie theaters being deadly, but well, cause that was the, the, the announcement that uh, to bring it back to Keanu uh, <laughs> is that, um, Bill and Ted Face the Music is going to be in theaters where it can be and also on demand on the same day. Cool. So they're doing like a VOD release and in theaters, which, which I feel is the way to go. Yep. <laughs> where, where you're just sort of like, and, and not necessarily even couple with the streaming service or whatever, right? Like just put it up, put it for sale on all of the video online video streaming shops and you can make some money that way. Because they were saying like, maybe that's the only way to get movies out now and especially if you already have like a movie done like you're just going to be sitting on it for such a long time hoping for like eventually the pandemic will end so i don't know i'll watch it i'll watch it on video on demand same uh, Mm -hmm. i i mean i guess maybe that's why there was a constantine panel right like he was there you know other two they were like oh yeah like we watched the uh the boys um the boys panel. And I was like, Oh yeah, Aisha Tyler. And it was like, uh, did, was, was the moderator. And they're like, I guess like, cause she's like around cause of the Archer panel. And I'm like, she's just at her house. She's not around. <laughs> like Reeves didn't have anything to do this weekend. He wasn't at San Diego. He was wherever he lives and happened to do two panels. <laughs> and is there a reason that he still looks like his cyberpunk 2077 character? He just likes like, it. He... <laughs> He just likes his face that way. He hit maximum level like 30 years ago. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, if there could be, I guess maybe that that's what the, the, the Constantine filmmakers are. If there could be like a, a Bill and Ted revival, like 20 plus years after. Did you after, get excited after, after by the trailer? Did you think that that was going to work or did you feel it was going to be a little bit like, um, I mean, Clerks so here, two. it reminded yeah. me of the clerks too. I was going for a deeper cut than that. The beaver, mo- not the beaver one. The the one, yeah, 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 yeah. He it was the one that we saw at Fantasia by Kevin Smith that um, involved the daughters. Oh yeah, the yoga hosers. Yoga hosers. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin that Smith announced the movie. Yes, gave me feelings of that. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for it? Oh, he's making a splatterhouse movie. Yeah, I heard. Huh. I heard it was just like. Uh, 
a gory all over the place. It's like it's Kilroy was here, like Kilroy the weird, the weird little drawing from the from World War Two is a real thing and it kills you. He's like a Kilroy is like a, a Jason Voorhees kind of character. Yeah, and he comes around and kills people, and it's just Kevin Smith's greatest hits. Like all of the actors, and it's Jason Mewes and Ralph Garman and. Yeah, uh, his his kids and like <laughs> he's like the super like he's literally New Jersey's Wes Anderson. Uh, like, I was gonna say Jersey's um, Adam Sandler. Well, no, but makes the movies harsh, with his buddies. Harsh, no, Scott. He, no, he makes his movies with his friends and doesn't care. Yeah, but like, but like, those, like am that, I losing money? Can I pay my mortgage? This is a movie out. Like a little bit of Adam Sandler, a little bit of Huey Bull. Oof. Yeah, but that's it. But Wes Anderson does that, but it's all like beloved actors and they're all like like lauded masterpieces <laughs> where you're like, it's always the same cast in every Wes Anderson movie, yeah. but everyone's like, amazing. <laughs> there's, there's creative integrity in the Wes Anderson films that I'm not so sure I see it in. For a while. Yeah. For old Kevin. Oh, Mr. Smith. I, I do it. I, I will add that I, I clicked on a few of his videos on YouTube looking for something to watch late night, thinking he used to spin a good old yarn, and I would say that he does not. I he, Every time I clicked on him, he was very excited for a product that I was not at all excited for. Some people can function really well under the chronic use of the chronic. Some people can't. Well, yeah, it's so weird. He, I blame he, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like, he did this. He did Zack and Mary make a porno. Like, because, yeah, he never smoked until Zack and Mary make a porno, right? Like, right. And then Rogan was wow. like, try the magical weed, even though he had been making pot stoner movies. That's crazy. How did he know? That That's what Seth Rogen said. Yeah. He's just like, what? Silent Bob doesn't smoke? No, 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 no. And then got him so hooked on it, and Kev thought it was the bee's knees. And then he, then he wrote The Widening Gyre. <laughs> So speaking of Batman, Scott, okay, can you explain to me the Batman who laughs? Because this was actual comic book news. Oh. Okay, so I will give you what I understand, because everybody got excited about the Robin King that is announced. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what the hell is the Robin King? And then I googled an image of it, and it seemed like an evil Robin King. And then it turns out that he is like now becoming a sidekick of the Batman who laughs, which is a character that was designed a couple years ago. And so that I also discovered in 2016, they reintroduced the Watchmen into the DC verse and multiverses were being like string pulled by Dr. Manhattan. And now Mm -hmm. this is uh, Scott Snyder and Greg, what's his face are now doing Capullo. Yep. And Greg Capullo are now doing the second piece of that to tie up all their nonsense, loose ends and it just involves, like, evil BDSM Batman and evil BDSM Robin? Yes. <laughs> Have I got this right? Yes, yes, yes. So this is, this is what, what we Jack were talking Kirby about. Would say. Jack Kirby would be down for it, man. That dude yeah. was, that would, you know, he was a trip. He was down for anything. No. <laughs> um, the Batman Who Laughs is basically what if Batman was completely uh, poisoned by Joker toxin. Okay. So it's it's an alternate version of Bruce Wayne who has turned into a Joker because he got hit by Joker Venom. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, remember we were talking about how much you got into Scott Snyder? Mm-hmm. 
and I was like, hmm, yeah, he's done some good things. Uh, I'm still, I was still into his into his new fifty two run. I'm not like all the way all the way done with it yet. But well, this is one of the things that carried over from new fifty two. Yeah, this is one of the tie ins, right? Like, like this is, and apparently the the the, the whatever Dark Knight Death Metal, whatever the heck that they're calling the series that they're in the middle of right now, yep. uh, is doing is actually trying to like tie up multiverse loose ends. To... How could you possibly do that? I mean, I feel that you have Dr. Manhattan as a playable character now, so, like, it's probably easier. <laughs> like, you you have someone who can bend and create realities at will. Mm. So, yeah. Is, the new multiverse rule is, uh, somehow it's like, it, it's, it's Flat Earth Superman, or whatever. <laughs> so the new oh. DC multiverse, apparently all of the multiverses revolve around Superman, which I find is a hilarious, like, kind of flatter thing. Because, of course, Superman, everything revolves around Superman. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like everything revolves around the Earth. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. They had so many launches, relaunches, and crises. Uh, I sort of checked out, yeah. I mean, New 52 was supposed to be this great jumping on point, and I was just like, oh, that's good. It just ties everything off in a knot, and I don't have to follow it anymore. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a good web series that, that explains it all? Like some no. super fan who... Comics explain most the room together? I don't know. Sure, but who cares? I'm just saying, you could probably, <laughs> probably listen, like, there's, there's the, that podcast, like, you could probably listen to, like, an hour or two, and they'd, they'd wrap it up. Well, they, they ended up undoing it a couple years later, so... Why yeah, just, the Doomsday Clock, right? Like, yeah. So the New 52 ran for, what, like eight years? Four years. Oh. Yuff. Yeah. Oof. So silly. Yeah, just forget about it. There was another Superman. He slept with Wonder Woman. There was another Batman. Basically, it was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, move on. Original Superman came back, and you're good. It never happened. It was all a joke. Right on. He was DC Comics' Year of the Villain alongside Lex Luthor. Yeah, who cares? doesn't matter. Yeah, so it was Dark Knight's Metal was the crossover storyline, and now they're doing Dark Knight's Death Metal. Doesn't matter. Too confusing. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it just just seemed insane. I was like, because I was like, I think the only real, like, big comic book news was that they announced essentially a new villain, but he's going to show up in like next month's issue, like dark Robin or whatever the heck his name is, Robin King. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, Greg Capullo draws like a pretty solid, creepy, mean Joker face look. So I see what is leaning into that and just putting that on all of their bad guys. Well, Capullo was the guy who was, uh, who did spawn after McFarlane left. That makes sense. He, that was his thing. He was like, I will draw Spawn now for 10 years. Mm. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Moves over to Batman. Uh, speaking of comic book news at Comic-Con, I watched the Rob Liefeld panel. Oh. <laughs> did he it was amazing. He eat with two spoons. <laughs> uh, he was super um, amped up. He had, like he had drank like three monsters before going into this thing. And maybe, it was, maybe that's just 
pure life elf. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that essence of Rob. He's just always like, you're like, hey, Rob, how you doing? And he's like, you need more pockets. And just like, <laughs> starts stitching pockets on your pants. Everywhere. You're just like, out to here. <laughs> he, he addressed pouches in, in the thing. He was like, his new project, the thing that he's working on now, why he's there, uh, is he's working with IDW doing a Snake Eyes miniseries. Okay. And he talks about Snake Eyes a bunch, and he's like, this is a character that directly influenced my my life. Okay. And I was like, sure, that's one way to say it. Everyone says they really like Snake Eyes. And then he's like, no, think about it. This is a guy who had a katana and a machine gun, and that was basically everything I did for 15 years. And, I was like, <laughs> and, and then he's like, and then you talk about the pouches, and uh, hello, and he holds up a couple of Snake Eyes figures, and they've got pouches and it's true. bandoliers <laughs> and everything all over them. He's like, I didn't invent this. I don't understand why. Ever, like, if that's the thing I'm going to put on my tombstone, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. But, like, I copied it from somebody else, and it was from G.I. Joe. And, and he's like, if you want to look at Deadpool and, and Cable, that's basically Roadblock and Snake Eyes. And I was like, huh. Pretty much. Uh, just like wisetracking wise Snake Eyes. Yeah. It's like, what I did was make him talk. It's great. And then what X-Men Wolverine Origins did was make him Snake Eyes again. (laughs) It's like a circle, you know? It's poetry and rhymes. I mean, everything I've seen, not everything I've seen with him, I'm I'm sure he probably had, like, douchebag moments in the 90s, but, like, everything I've seen interview-wise with him recently was that he he does seem to be, like, kind of self-aware and, like knows his brand and knows that he's like a bit of a joke. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's always been good to his fans. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever really lashed out at anyone or taken like a negative stance. Uh, his reactions that I've seen, you know, through wizard magazine and stuff was just like, yeah, I'm not a great artist. Yeah. I don't like drawing feet. <laughs> Don't, but yeah, I, I love comics. I, I love comics, and I make comics, and I make money making comics. So why are you mad at me? Exactly. Like you don't, don't you don't like it? You don't have to buy it. <laughs> like other companies are paying me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like I I know how I draw, and I don't think I'm the best artist. I've never claimed to be, but you know, I draw comic books, and people pay me to do it, and I've been really lucky to you know. Get live see. live like that, and it's it's always just like yeah, well, it's hard to be mad at him for that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I never I've never heard it that he had a huge ego or anything. Like he made a lot of money, and I think that's what people. Kind I mean, of he's are still more like, mad at, dude. I'm sure there's some there's some Deadpool residuals that are very large. Nope. nope. Work no for hire. He does not own Deadpool. Anything about it? Aww. He he owns his his um. He's still, he's still stuff. on the films, though. His his name's in the... Not just based on the characters. Like, he's a... Created by. Yep. Well, created by, yep. but I think he also had, like, a, a producer credit on them or something, too. Like... Uh, his... I think because some of the stories they used were based on books he wrote. Mm. So there's, like, a thing for writers for that, but, like, actual ownership of the character he does not have. Yeah. Young. But whatever, the, the Youngblood comics, they sold millions of, of issues in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he did. Well, Gene, the, the Gene commercial. The Gene commercial, explain. He was a model for uh, like Levi's or Calvin Klein or something. Rob Liefeld? Rob Liefeld. Like <laughs> when, he was, when he was a superstar comic artist, they're just like, 
we've we've got Marky Mark and we've got Rob Liefeld and it's just like <laughs> wearing just bad early nineties acid wash jeans. That's so funny. It's it's super funny, but again, he's just like, I don't know why people are mad at me for this. <laughs> Seriously, just like, all he's ever done is say yes to things. <laughs> do you, do you want to do this? Yes, please. <laughs> like, do you think there's a better artist? Probably, but you asked me. Yep. So I'm gonna do it. You got to imagine. Uh, uh, what's his name? Why did I just blank on his name? Jim Lee was always just like, "What the hell? Like, why are we? Why are we like side by side? Like on these, <laughs> like on the racks? Like the the new Jim Lee and the new Rob Liefeld? You're like one of these guys is very good at art. <laughs> the other one is Rob Liefeld. Um, it's for me, it was because Rob Liefeld got started when he was 13. He was working for DC doing comics as 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 he was going into high school, mm-hmm. and that that was cool. That was incredibly cool. I was the guy who was filling copy books full of sketches, and he was, you know, working for DC Comics. It's the boy wonder. Yeah. Except it, maybe he did not keep up with artistic talent development. He didn't need to. They were already paying him. Yeah. I mean, is maybe that's what, people's complaint about this situation? Sure, but they were also paying him by buying his books. Hmm. Right, like that's the thing is like this isn't a, a Walt Flanagan drawing comics because Kevin Smith wrote them widening gyre situation. This was like he like created Deadpool, created uh, Cable, Cable, like created Youngblood, like was, was making comics that sold hmm. and like making characters that people liked, and just wasn't the best at drawing. <laughs> You know, like, which is so weird because it was like the era of where there was people who were really good at drawing. And that was like, there was a lot of, a lot of substance, but. I mean, sort of, if you go back and look at McFarlane's spawn work, you're like, okay, it's different. Chains are everywhere though. They're everywhere. They're going in every direction. Chains in every direction. (laughs) Lots of fat guys in those books. (laughs) And uh, yeah. What was Liefeld plugging? Was he just like, Hi. Um, he was plugging IDW Snake Eyes miniseries that he's working on. Is he drawing it or writing it? He's drawing it. Uh-oh. Maybe he's writing it. Whatever. It's fine. It's a perfect project for Rob Liefeld. It's an 80s toy project with ninjas that are going to fight with swords. Uh, the other, I guess... Ah, oh, damn it. I missed, I missed the opportunity because we could have gone from Watchmen to Zack Snyder to... Uh... Uh, <sighs> To uh, the Snyder Cut, uh, we we did it. <laughs> yeah, but he said that he would not use a frame of Joss Whedon's reshoots in the Snyder Cut. Not a frame. And if he could, he would burn it. Boy, <laughs> that sounds like some controversy. I should get excited about. It's so weird. This is like the, the weirdest, dumbest thing. Just- <laughs> It's all, it's just, it's fans who are like, well, that really sucked. Wait, there's another one. We have to see it. It might still suck. There's no reason to believe this is very good. This is the guy who made Sucker Punch. (laughs) I I really tried to get through it. It was on Netflix for a bit. And I I like, I thought maybe I would see the fun in it. I seem to remember you saying you liked it. I like it. It's fun, but it's, it's not like, I like it in a. It feels a little slimy. Yeah, but like on. Like I, I like it in the way that remember like those heavy metal cartoons. Yeah, 
Like it, it, like it was like that, but live action, where you're just sort of like none of it's—it's it's all kind of non sequitur and nonsense, and it's just like badass girls being badasses. And like I, weird. No, I don't know. I think though that it's like it doesn't seem like badass girls. It seems like a, a male fantasy of what a badass girl is. Have you seen again heavy metal cartoons? I mean, yeah, you're right, but <laughs> it does a whole lot of the meta to it. It's just. These are people that are victimized, and now they're fighting back while still being hot and using hotness as a weapon. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. <laughs> yeah. ugh. I feel like telling people you really like that movie is a lot like owning a Mary Jane Watson poster. Yeah, Mary Jane Watson's super hot. <laughs> we don't... Listen, man, Mary Jane, Mary, like, Peter Parker Spider-Man is like, 100% the nerd fantasy, right? You're like, it's the geeky guy who gets picked on, who not only gets to be a superhero, he gets to be the cool, wisecracking superhero, and he doesn't, like, lose his intelligence like Hulk or whatever. He stays, like, just as smart. He's, like, the geek by day and a super cool, wisecracking guy. Then he gets Mary Jane Watson, who's, like, a fashion model whose name is also Marijuana <laughs> and who just, like, wants to love him for him. And is like, oh, I don't need a like a stud model guy. I have Peter Parker, who's still just kind of like a dude by all accounts, and just whatever. Like Peter Parker is purely like, what does every teenage geek want? Superpowers to like have witty comebacks to bad guys and a super hot girlfriend. That is Spider Man. Also, maybe fly around downtown and web sling. Exactly. Yeah. That's which is also what you want to do. Don't forget that. But anyway, so yeah, the Snyder Snyder cut of Justice League coming to HBO Max and Snyder being like... If I had HBO Max, I would I would check that out. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I yep. haven't even seen the other Justice League. I, no, I, you should. It's such a disaster. I, but so I, want, bad. I want to be one of the few that watches it the other way around. Yeah, okay. I want to watch Zach's and then Joss's to see, like... You have to watch his other DCU movies first. So you got to sit there and watch Superman and watch Batman versus Superman, and then sit down and watch the Snyder Cut. So you're you see the true artistic vision that Zach. Yeah. There's two. Had. There's two Supermans, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two Supermans and Batman v Superman. And that's right. And uh, hold on, there's also an Aquaman that might be. But he's that's not that's not Snyder after. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, and it's post JLA too, if I'm not mistaken. There's only one Superman movie. There's Man of Steel and then Superman v. Batman. Zod is in Superman v. Batman? No, mm-hmm. Zod is in, in Man of Steel. Mm, I'm pretty sure he comes back. Yeah, or does he come back in Justice League? Anyway, there, so the big footage that they reveal at Comic-Con... Man of Steel ends with Superman killing Zod. Batman v. Superman is Batman going... He destroyed Superman. Destroyed the downtown city and killed all these people, and needs to be held accountable. That's that's the plot of mm-hmm. Batman Superman. And then Lex Luthor gets mixed in, and then Doomsday gets mixed in, and then Wonder Woman gets mixed in because Zack Snyder is basically Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> that's why people need to see his pure genius, unfettered by Joss Whedon. I mean, basically, who made who made Marvel's The Avengers superhero team movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the, the the template for superhero team ups. Uh, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, Man of, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It was because I remember there was just it was that it, the word diarrhea. I thought that like 
Batman v Superman was its own thing and Dawn of Justice was its own thing. But no, it's just one big dumb name of a movie. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen any of them. Two of them are like two and a half hours long. Oh boy. Get ready for Ben Affleck kind of looking sad and embarrassed for himself <laughs> on camera for like hours. He's shooting people with a handgun. Yeah. I just love that there's no reason for any of us to believe that this is good. <laughs> like, But people are like, release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Why? Unhandcuff the artiste. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and that was it. It was like, was Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice like beloved by fans? No, it wasn't. So why are you clamoring for this guy's vision of justice? Nobody like? is. It's just trying to generate more discussion about it. I it's all from you, marketers, dude. Dude, so I don't know if you, the, the the background on this is literally just, I mean, maybe it gained momentum because everybody was in quarantine or whatever, but like, this wasn't like a freebie shot. Like, the the demand was like an actual stupid thing. that, the, And this is costing, what was it, AT&T or whatever? That's the, the company that owns the WB and all this crap. Like, they're giving Zack Snyder another 20 or $30 million to finish this shit. Like it's not just like him. It's not just like him editing it. Like it, it's he's getting a budget of like twenty to thirty million dollars. So to bring up his, hang on, what did Justice League already cost three hundred million dollars to make six hundred and fifty? That's it. Like international, it didn't okay. do great. So they're wow. gonna pay another thirty million dollars to have an exclusive movie on a video on demand site. Like who's subscribing to HBO Max just for that? Like it's a weird flex. Like, I don't see it as, I like... I always feel like they're testing it, you know? They're going to see if it flies. Maybe. Here's, here's my bold prediction. Two years from now, 2022, on HBO Max, you're going to get Justice League, the Joss Whedon cut. <laughs> Where Joss Whedon's like, there's I no mean, frames of Zack Snyder's in this one. Think <laughs> about what happens, though, if it really works. You can now go back to other other movies that maybe didn't do so well, have another director take a stab at it and say the so-and-so cut. If the market is there, like, why the hell not? And you wouldn't even have to go back into, into shoots. John, I see what you're saying, and I'm happy to announce right here, exclusive, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner on HBO Max. Right. Why not? <laughs> now it's yeah. the real, authentic, ultimate cut of Blade Runner. Uh, if you could sell that movie in a box set for 150 bucks with five different cuts of it that he's all made himself, why not put it on HBO? Yeah, but then, like, like you said, like, there's then maybe, especially since they own it all, right? Like, you know, they're the the Phantom Edit. Like, Disney could mm-hmm. be like, here's another mm-hmm. episode one. <laughs> like, we recut episode one. Here it is. Here, we recut episode two. Here it is. Maybe it would get people to sign back up to Disney+. Plus. Hey. I guess. Uh, that's, those Marvel TV shows will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys? Boys season uh, two? I haven't watched season one yet, so I've been staying away from all the boys season two stuff. It was good for you. You really should. Yeah. I'm watching the other Eric Kripke TV show. Supernatural. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, John and I watched the boys season two panel. It was, it was fun. really, really fun. And uh, like we were literally trying to figure like it is. You are definitely being advertised to to go watch the boys season two. Like that is without a doubt. That's what, that's that what you're happening. there for. Yeah. I mean, but that's what you're there for. It's like you're like the cast is going to going to talk there. But it was like 
either a combination of like incredible coaching or just like people actually being into their jobs. Cause like every one of the actors was like, this is my character. This is kind of like what we went through. This is what I talked with the director. This is where my motivations are. This is how I'm coming into this season. This was, I read the source material and blah, 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 blah. Like, and they were all when, like, when this happened to him in season one, it made him think this, and that made this decision particularly difficult. And now in season two, I can't wait to see what's going to happen to this element of that, of that character arc. Like they but were like, on. They were really compelling. Yeah. Sounds like we're kind of being like weird and chilling, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was like really good. It was like, oh, this is like a person talking about a character that they really care about and that they've really thought about the motivations as an actor. Or they are really slick actors who can sell but, that interest. All, yeah, they all they put on a really good show if they were all slicking it up. I don't yeah. know. I remember good. hearing Carl Urban talk about Dread uh, as it was released and as the pushback to make this next one. Carl Urban was psyched for Dread. He yeah, loved he's the man, that though. character. He's, he's he legit loved that movie and he spoke. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also, it was so, it's so weird. So, um, Aya Cash from uh, You're, You're the, the Worst, worst yeah. is the, uh, is Stormfront, right? So it's making season two debut Stormfront, uh, mm-hmm. who is, at least in the comics, winkity wink, um, like a huge alt-right figurehead, right? Like, and Isn't they Stormfront t- the name of the premier neo-Nazi organization in the United States? I think so. Right. Like it's it's that or their website or something. Yeah, it's either like Stormfront.org or whatever yeah. else it is. And then, I mean, and that's, Garth Ennis leans into that when he made Stormfront in the, in the comic, right? Yeah. And so they talk about that they're going to, like, take aim at some, like, alt-right figures and stuff. And then they have Aya Cash talking about how she's like, I hope I get to work again. But nowhere in the panel... Do they actually like say like, oh yeah, she's playing like an alt right neo Nazi, which she is clearly going to be playing. Yeah. But it was so weird that they like danced around it. Where I was like, but you're also at a Comic Con panel, and your audience knows who Stormfront was at least in the comics. And then you said we're dealing with alt right stuff, and now we're not telling you why Aya Cash's character is actually horrible, but she's going to be a neo Nazi. Like it was, it was, just, it was weird to see them do that. Just they never said it. Like marketing dance because I guess they weren't allowed to. That's probably a reveal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm like, but how? How is that possibly a reveal? There's a there's a source material that, especially at a Comic Con panel, like a boys Comic Con panel, you think people would know the source material? Well, I'll, I'll give I'll give you an example. Um, everyone knows who Batman is, and everyone knows who Superman is, but you didn't know that both their mothers were named Martha off the top of your head, and that was an important part of the movie. It's true, and and I feel that also at least like the, the opening. Uh, the teaser, not the one that we saw, but like, there's the teaser with Aya Cash. It shows her as like really popular on social media, and also it's it's also funny because she's out of like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she's out of Portland, like Oregon, which is like hilarious because if, as we know from our friend from Portland, is like yes, it is a super liberal city, but then there also is like this crazy alt right, completely surrounded by crazy ass alt right. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it's like I think they're trying to at least set up the swerve for the non-comic reader, right? Like, they're going to be like, look, she's so trendy or whatever. And then you're going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, they're going to have, like, a, a hilarious, like, where you kind of, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to try to, like, trick you into rooting for her at first because just because she's going to show up and kind of be a foil to Homelander. So you're going to be like, yes, I'm, I support her. And then you're going to be like, oh, no. What did I do? But yeah, it looks, looks super fun. Uh, that comes out super soon. I think September... Yeah early September, so it's like a month away. Um, they gave 
wait, am I blanking? The like the, the the Lifetime Achievement Award or whatever, the one of the Will Eisner Awards to Bill Watterson, you guys. That's perfect. Bill Watterson got a Lifetime Achievement Award for his contribution to comics by only um, writing one comic for 10 years. <laughs> man. Yeah. I, I know. I, I have no problems with it whatsoever. It was one of the greatest, like like newspaper comics of all time but it's great that it's like he basically has like one body of work john if you're talking you're muted i think it's kind of more than that it's like the the there's something pure about calvin and Hobbes. like it's never sold out he never sold it out like on purpose like he 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 talked about that and like his uh yeah yeah. the 10th anniversary book and in the the memoirs and all that stuff he was like yeah absolutely he's like it was a hit not necessarily day one, but very early. It was like, it got like ramped up in syndication, like within the first year of publication. And he was like, I never wanted it to be running forever. And he's like, and I got every possible offer for merch. And he was like, the only merchandise for Calvin and Hobbes would be collected. Dude, 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 dude. stop. So this is the story that lets you know how much they wanted Calvin. They had fucking Steven Spielberg pick up a phone and call Bill Watterson to have a chat with him and say how much he wants to make the the Calvin and Hobbes movie. Seriously. Steven Spielberg called him. Yeah. Yeah. Can I speak to uh, Bill Watterson? This is Steven Spielberg. Oh, big fan. Big fan. Yeah, <laughs> I love your films. I love your comics. Yep, I'm not. A, I'm not going to make one of your movies into a comic. So I don't see why you're going to make <laughs> one of my comics into a movie. Have a nice day. You're the best. But yeah, no, I thought that was a. Uh... What's that, Scott? The the other thing uh, was the Eisner's announced the Hall of Fame. Yep. Inductees. And while you may not know everyone, Bill Watterson was one of them. Mm-hmm. So was Alison Bechtel, whose name you might recognize. The Bechtel test. The Bechtel test. Uh, Louise Simonson. And one of my personal favorite all-time comic book creators, Stan Sakai. Oh, it's a solid year. Yeah. What did, uh, what did Sakai do? Like, that name is about... What? Usagi Ojimbo. That's it. I was like, I was like, that name one hundred percent rings a bell. If if I was going to get a comic book tattoo, it might be a Usagi tattoo. I, I love Usagi Ojimbo. Love well, him. Do it. Do it. Now's the time. <laughs> now is not the time. It is very hard to get studio time at a tattoo parlor. Is it though? I thought that they were all like looking for work. Yeah, because not all of them are open. And those that are, are open, very limited. I suppose. Are we going to talk about cats? Um, I, I wanted to, I had two more things on, on Comic-Con. I wanted to talk about Truth Seekers. Truth Seekers looks pretty fun. I watched fun. the trailer. Didn't, didn't didn't catch me. What's the hook? <laughs> Nothing in that trailer. Hmm? Nothing happened in that trailer. Yeah. Nothing did happen in that trailer. But I, I have, uh, why did I, Nick, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg? Yeah. That's it. I, I I will like I will on the basis of that comedic duo, I'll give it a go. Like I would also see anything with the two of them, but I still think that they needed something a little more. You know, you don't even know what kind of a movie it's going to be. If it's going to be a horror or a comedy or a combination of the two or action or be a comedy horror, right? It's it's he's a, a paranormal investigator. Yeah, right. Where he was just sort of like like there's the one scene where he's like, trust me, I'm like a. Like a, a seasoned paranormal investigator, then he's like, "Hello, go." Yes, yeah, like yeah. that. that was I would say the one. Uh, it was my top link that I sent you guys to watch. 
the the sleeper thing that I had not even heard about until Comic Con, and then watched the trailer for Lower Decks, and holy crap, does it look good! I couldn't get it to load. What is it? Uh, so it's one of the creators of Rick and Morty, not not Justin Roilander, uh, Dan Harmon, but one of the other dudes. Um, and it's literally a like in universe, like it is it is Starfleet, <laughs> it is Star Trek. They are on uh, a Starfleet vessel. And they're just sort of like, the, the hook is basically like, you know the bridge crew, but there's like the rest of the crew. And it's just like like low-ranked members of the crew that just like dream of like, they're like, maybe one day we'll go on an away mission. And like whatever. <laughs> like, the opening, like the opening trailer is that he's just sort of like, he's like, Captain's Log, like blah, 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 blah. And like, like, just like going through the thing. And then you hear like, Psh, like the thing opens. And he's like, she's like, are you doing a Captain's Log? And he's like, what? No, we're, we're all supposed to keep logs. We're, like, that's what we're supposed to do. She's like, you, you were doing a Captain's Log by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like two ensigns. Like. Yeah, animated right. by with some like uh, with a bit of Rick and Morty pedigree, and actually set in Starfleet. So like not just like a, a like not just like a it's a space thing that's like Star Trek. It is Star Trek, right? Lower decks, which I thought is like, I mean, why the hell not at this point? Like, uh, was it Eugene spinning on up again? Someone, uh, no, there's, Pat, there's, there's a Star Wars equivalent. There's Tag and Bink in the Star Wars universe, who are these two characters that are always kind of running around the background in continuity of the Star Wars things. They they end up getting stuck as the Palpatine's Imperial Guard Mm -hmm. at the end of of Jedi when he he dismisses them and they have to walk around the elevator. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're standing on the other side of the elevator like, what's going on? Here, where are we supposed to go? The elevator doors on the other side. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of hide. And you just you look like you see like the I remember like you read the like they're having a whole conversation and like you're, they strike me down with all your hatred. They're just like standing there, being like, "Whoa!" Like like we can't go out now. Force <laughs> lightning is flying around. They're just like, "Oh man, we are stuck here." <laughs> oh man, uh, but you know, uh, I haven't watched it, but I had it. Um, Someone so because apparently Mikey at the movies is on uh, on a on a COVID tear of just doing really long thoughtful videos on the regular like movies with Mikey movies with Mikey yeah yeah I and, love him and he he did one uh, Pat was telling me about about the like the infinite chances the Star Trek Star Trek gets mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> just sort of like none of them have been good for a really long time <laughs> like. People are just so desperate for good Star Trek. It's so weird. Like, it's like, oh, my God. I, I want to look up the list, right? Like, the last good Star Trek, I guess we could say, was... DS9. DS9. And yeah. that wasn't even... And like, it was a and partial think, hit. And I think that, like, um, was... An acquired taste and yeah. had to change tone halfway through. And, yeah, and really did a good job of cribbing a lot of notes from Bab 5. Which so, yeah. which was good, but maybe wasn't quite Star Trekky. Yeah, I'm sure. That ran out. They started playing Star Trek's greatest hits. Yeah, right. Like they did Trouble with Tribbles. They did the alternate Earth. They yeah. So they post did not know what they were doing with themselves. So Deep Space Nine was ended in 1999, so 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, after that was Voyager, then Enterprise, then Discovery. Discovery is still on, apparently. Really. 
supposedly, uh, Picard, there was the movies went and spiraled to mostly shit. Wait, there was another TV series, 2019. 2019? Yeah, the one... The all-access one. The Klingons and the... Doesn't even show it on this list. I'm on the Wikipedia page. I, I listened to like 10 hours of the Red Letter Media guys making fun of Picard and and Discovery, so... Oh, the short film anthology. Uh, yeah. Nope. Dang it. Nope. Yeah, 20, short, short treks. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's also a thing, though. Recent episodes feature the crew of the Enterprise under the command of Christopher Pike. Oh, nope, that's man. not the one I'm talking about. That sounds Dude. cool. But, um, that's... but yeah, on, I got to research too. <laughs> and then they made before Discovery. This one before Enterprise. I'm literally on this thing. They're just like. I don't know because the CBC all oh CBS All Access exclusive uh, is Star Trek Discovery. Mm. With, yeah. So there you go. It's on CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, collect like the Federation planets and the Klingon and whatever, and they're attempting to unite the twenty-four Klingon factions of the Great Houses. God, That's that three years old. Ooh. And and like I said, then Insurrection was pretty much crap and nemesis was pretty much crap and then i guess the star trek like oh i didn't go see star trek beyond but wasn't that very bad people also? people somewhere decided that these guys all had to be action stars and it was like action movies and it's like imagine beverly crusher running around in those movies you know so she's even older and marino Sirtis, and, and it's like well yeah they just they they went to jj abrams and they said yeah. make star trek star wars and then he did it well that was later <laughs> yeah well, yeah, no, but that's it. But I mean, but that was the the films in the film series. That's literally what happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they gave JJ Star Trek. Then I, I remember Star Trek One was good, and then I remember Into Darkness being okay. And then I oh, Into Darkness is terrible. Into Darkness was really bad, and then Beyond was also oh, bad. You, or, you, okay, you gave yep. the first one a pass because you thought that they were going to do something interesting, and then it was all J.J. Abrams stuff that didn't come together, didn't make a lick of sense. All the characters just did whatever. If you really thought about any of the plot lines, they're all full of holes. And if you just shut your mouth and and like look at the glitz, maybe it's a little fun. But it's, also, it's Carl Urban. because because Carl they, bones. <laughs> yeah, they do great impersonations of the characters you like. So yeah. you can get past for that. Into Darkness is the one where. Uh, What's his face? Cumberbatch plays Nunyan Soong. That's a hot mess of awful. Oh, sure was. And I'm beyond is him. beyond is okay. It's the one where Idris Elba is the evil captain, and they have mm. to voice space fight. And that's wow. that's fine. At that point, you pretty much checked out of thinking of it as the Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> yeah, You're just like oh, they're playing the Beastie Boys in the 24th century as a. Rocks. They probably will be though. Intergalactic. Somebody in the future is going to love that song enough to play it while traveling at warp speed. <laughs> For sure. I mean, especially considering that uh, Star Trek Beyond was uh, directed by the guy who did one of the Fast, or I think multiple Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, if we go, if we look at the progression of the Fast and the Furious films, how like they started off as one thing and then got crazier and crazier, and then we imagine that that same progression happened to Star Trek. Star Trek. It started at Gene Roddenberry rather than starting like, directed the first one. 
<laughs> gonna make the Enterprise hit a ramp God. and flip it. <laughs> Justin Lin did Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious. That's the fourth one. Fast Five, Fast Six, and Fast Nine. Yeah, he's, he's also doing a Hot Wheels movie. <laughs> <laughs> 2023. Oh man! Can you imagine that? We've got the Hot Wheels franchise. Let's make a movie. Who do we call? There's clearly one. Justin Lin. <laughs> There is only one person. <laughs> uh, they, uh, yeah, Hot Wheels had a reveal. Nice. They're, make, they're making a Baby Yoda Hot Wheels car. Of course they are. They released, yeah, they, they previewed over 30 new cars at San Diego Comic-Con. Did they? Yeah. Oh, man. Did they, they, uh, I will say, so like the Baby Yoda one, I think, is, is getting the most hype. But there's, uh, they're doing a Masters of the Universe series, which is super fun. So that's right up my alley. God damn it! Yeah, like a, like there's like a, a little um, yeah because they're all like they're all character themed cars. Yeah, but like but without like they have Overwatch cars, they have Rugrats cars. Black Widow has a car. Snow White has a car. Yeah, but the the Skeletor uh, the Skeletor Roadster looks super fun. Awesome. So, um, I think that was the nine ES. Oh wait, I got we got two movies to talk about. But what movies? I mean, are we gonna are we gonna run run through cats? Because I feel that's a plus content for later. I also like the fact that John stayed up late watching it, and if we don't talk about it, or does he want to hit, or does he want to strike while the iron's hot and it is freshly burned in his mind? You're, you're, once again, muting is not the friend of podcasts. I wanted to have interesting things to say about cats, and so I took notes. So I'm good if we're gonna go till <clears throat> yeah, if we're gonna right, and do it next time. I'll just quickly tell it. We don't have to rank it because I don't know if you guys have watched it or not. Um, but next week or next podcast, I want to talk about the old guard. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, crap. That was one of the panels. I wasn't that going I, to, and I will watch it now. Um, because and that was the um, Charlize Theron did a did a panel of like being like a um, a badass woman at San Diego Comic Con, and it was I mean obviously there to kind of pump up. Uh, old guard, but then obviously, or not obviously, but like I guess, kind of because it's awesome. Like ended up being a lot about Furiosa, mm-hmm. <laughs> like and just uh, yeah, like watching clips with her and and all that stuff. It was just like a one on one, like a one on one panel, which is like her and the moderator just talking about how she's kind of like become this action star now. Yep. It was, uh, which is Watch cool. We'll talk about it in two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, it was fun. It's got like kind of a Highlander type vibe to it. Mm-hmm. That can be very good. Can also be not quite so good. And yes, the answer to both of those is yes. <laughs> it's it's not. It, there are some bad moments in it, but those bad moments are fun. Like if you're if you're watching it to be like, ooh, this is cinema. It's not. It, it's a dumb movie about immortals. Nah. I want to see a blind man sword fight again. All blind men can sword fight. That's just facts. Uh. This was 9ES. It was the, probably the first and only time we went to San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you in two weeks, everybody. Bye. Sorry. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. 
As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.